Welcome everyone to episode 61 of Casting the Net. In today's episode, the guys go over the topic of the sacraments. I know we've had this topic on several times in the past, but it's such a huge piece of the Catholic faith. And so they wanted to revisit the topic and just go into a little bit of a deeper dive into the relevancy, why it's practiced, what they mean, so on and so forth. And so they they even talk about tattoo imagery with relation to baptism and sort of the symbolism that's associated with that. They talk about consequences and moral questions and all sorts of other uh, great things. So we hope you enjoy today's episode, episode 61 casting the net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, we're back at it. We're casting the net and you have made a really good decision to listen to us. <laughs> we're not, Trust we talking, us, it was we, a good decision. Are we talking about humility today? <laughs> I'm Father Dave with my co-host Rick, and uh, Rick, you were sharing a little bit off air um, the uh, the demands of family life. I was, I was. I, I'm I'm no worse for the wear from it though. So that's <laughs> thanks be to God for that. I, you know, sometimes I think, oh my gosh, I uh, I can't come up for air, and there's this and there's that, and and uh, believe me, my moments that press upon me, um, they really don't begin to compare with those with you. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and Christina and other parents who are just dedicated, mm. dedicated to instilling the faith, growing love mm. at home. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Just bravo. It's a, I mean, it's a daunting, a daunting thing. Um, but no, I, I appreciate the words that, that help me maintain perspective yeah, and the prayers and the encouragements that you and and you know our, our listeners offer. So, um, yeah, thank you. I'm glad you don't get upset when I when I throw you out after we record and say, "Get back in there! Get back in the game!" <laughs> all right, all right. Your, your half an hour's over. It's over. Get back in there. <laughs> Go straight home. Yeah, you know, you, you stitch my stitch my eye up, splash some water on me, and push push me out into the ring there's no dl for you you're <laughs> no, back in the no, game no. right bruised right. and beaten but uh yeah. back at it yeah and that's the christian life it is. let's 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 not romanticize it it's hard and yeah. i think in more recent years it is especially hard mm-hmm. yeah if you're doing it right it's hard yeah but as, as we've noted on more than one occasion i mean it's it's all in imitation of christ right it is whose whose it life is was was full of sacrifice full of challenges full of suffering yeah um and and so we we use that as an opportunity to grow in holiness rather than as a um you know an occasion to to mope and yeah you know play the woe is me card that's right my that, that's <laughs> my, right. my my mother actually uh quoted me the other day day yep. from a, from a different episode oh she did oh she did yeah and favorably said, or unfavorably uh, uh, well it was a reminder of something i had said in a previous oh episode as, oh I, as i sat in her house and uh yeah because you talk to your mom a different way you know things things come out that you wouldn't necessarily share with other people and and she 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 put it right and, and you know to her credit she put it right back in my face wow. <laughs> so 
a moment of checkmate. Absolutely. <laughs> you got me, Mom. I did say that, and I, and I was right then, and you, you are right now for, for quoting me against myself. So. No, it is. It's hard. And why, why do I think sometimes that I should be uh, – I should receive an exemption mm. for some of the toil or some of the suffering or some of the – the difficulties that require perseverance. Jesus promises that, right? Mm. In fact, we're celebrating a feast that falls on a Sunday in the Transfiguration here soon. And um, it's a little reprieve, just a little reprieve, a glimpse of glory, Mm -hmm. because the Lord knows what's coming, both for him and for the disciples, right? So that hope isn't lost when the Going gets especially difficult. Right, right. Which makes, uh, you know, the lives of those saints who went through um, just amazingly long periods of dryness. Yeah. All the more remarkable. Yeah. You know, I mean, God charts that out for them because he knows that you know, they're capable of enduring it with his yeah. help. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes you thankful that... <laughs> He doesn't think more highly of us that he gives us little respites more frequently than you know Mother Teresa or various other uh, various other saints who've experienced you know dark nights of the soul and things like that. Yeah, a Christian is someone who shows up every day, shows up seeking to encounter Christ and to imitate Him, so mm. that words and actions and thoughts that they're shaped by an example of Christ and his inspiration, which we call grace, his his power that's given. But in our part, there has to be a receptivity, a desire to want that. What was it Teresa of Avila said? Uh, It was, I I think in her, her, uh, her, you know, personal spiritual writing, something, some, something, some misfortune had befallen her and she was conversing Mm -hmm. with God and God said something along the lines of, this is how I treat all my friends. Yes. And Teresa, to which she says. Teresa retorted, well, it's, it's no wonder you you have so few. <laughs> That's it. So t- today, today we recommit to following Christ. We recommit to needing and openly proclaiming that we need his help, that we haven't graduated from it. No. And one of the extraordinary ways that help is provided is through the rep- repository of treasure that are the sacraments, Mm -hmm. these events. And we've been talking about the sacraments as a concept and have had a Zoom lens for several episodes on Eucharist Mass for a powerful encounter with God, that God permits himself to be met so that we might be equipped to show up, to Mm -hmm. continue to persevere, to keep our eyes set on a fulfillment of life that he alone is able to offer us. Mm. And we had talked about um, pivoting with another sacrament, with uh, with baptism today. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of eager to have that conversation. It was a long time ago for me as an infant, which incidentally, it follows the contours of the biblical testimony mm-hmm. as households themselves were baptized. It's very clear that that yeah, includes children. Were children included, obviously. So for yeah. those that for those that claim otherwise, the biblical evidence um, is not the authority. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for those who say that, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to baptize infants because 
the it's New a Testament. choice that has to, or a yeah. choice that has to be made at yeah. some moment in time. Of course, we don't have children choose uh, what they're going to if they're going to wear anything or what That's they're right. going to wear. That's right. We don't have choose children choose if they're going to eat, let alone what they're going to eat. Yeah. Right. In these other vital aspects of life, responsible, mature parenting mm-hmm. is investing yourself to see that your child is safe physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah, and just given what Bap—assuming baptism offers us what the Catholic Church thinks it offers us, then why wouldn't you baptize infants? Why wouldn't you um, you know, provide that opportunity for, for all human beings? You yeah. Know, not simply adults who are capable of choosing it, but even infants need, need grace. They need to be put in that right relationship with God. Yes. If— Baptism is what our Lord said it is, and, mm, and, yeah. and the early church herself proclaims it to be, which Christ at the center of this encounter with Christ. With time, we'll speak of the reception of sanctifying grace, um, uh, a, a particular intensity mm. of grace that so marks the recipient as God's, and it can never be removed yeah. It can never be removed, no matter how far one travels from God and persists in sin, including serious sin, that soul remains marked as belonging to God. And God yeah. pines to bring that soul into right relationship with him. Yeah. If that is true, why would we want to withhold mm. that benefit yeah. from an infant or child? Yeah. Yeah, in technical language, we, we we speak of there being a character that's that's conferred on the soul, uh, which is, as you said, it's a permanent mark um, when baptism is is conferred, um, and it's 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 why it's why the Catholic Church doesn't rebaptize. Yes, right. I mean, there, there's no need. It doesn't matter that um, somebody entering the the Catholic communion was baptized in a different tradition, as long as it was as it, as it was validly done. There's no need to rebaptize yes. because the the character. Um, the mark, the the claiming of that soul for Christ is so fixed and permanent, there's no need to repeat it. Christ claiming the soul is his. Yeah. Augustine, who is uh, an early church father, as you know, so he dies in 430 AD. One of his treatises uh, was focused on baptism itself, Mm. on baptism. Yes, treatises were titled in those days. Right. <laughs> and he uses the image of the day for Roman soldiers who received mm. tattoos. Mm. And he used the the image of the tattoo as an analogy with this character mark or an indelible seal, something that is of God's design and God's power that is placed on on us that God recognizes, mm-hmm. and it can't be removed. Yeah. That tattoo imagery, um, it's an interesting It's an interesting comparison, because obviously if you're a Roman citizen who's being called to, to serve in the legions, you're being called to something radically different than what you'd known mm. prior, you know? And that's that, that's what happens in baptism as well. I mean, it, it's, it's like becoming the citizen of a different country. Or a citizen of a new country. That's a great way to say that. Uh, St. Paul will exclaim that our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Yes. yes. It actually, I, that, that came to mind this past week as I was in the theater watching Oppenheimer. Have, have you heard of Oppenheimer? Did you hear about it? Did you sneak away or was this... Uh... Yeah, I, I do that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. So d- tell me a little bit about the movie. This is the Atomic Project, right? Yeah. World War II. Yeah, so Robert Oppenheimer, um, he's Jewish. He's, at least he's from, you know, like traditionally Jewish. I don't know, don't know if, that he was practicing, but he's from okay. Jewish, you know, heritage. Um, An American scientist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was involved in the development of um, the first atomic weapons that were used on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, and as as good stories do, you know, the, the various tensions in the, the protagonist's life come to the fore. Mm-hmm. And one of the big tensions in Oppenheimer's life um, after Hiroshima is the question of, geez, was this the right thing to do? Oh, you know, wow. He's, he's elated when the bomb is first dropped. Yes. But then as he reflects on the carnage, he, he wonders, you know, I mean, I, I have blood on my hands. Was this really the thing to, to be done? Huh. And, of course, you know, in the Catholic moral tradition, we, we would say, that, I mean, that's, that's precisely the question to ask. Mm. You know, because it's, it's always an intrinsically evil act to kill innocent human beings. Mm. And, and innocent in this context would mm-hmm. be children, sure. women. Civilians. Uh, elderly non-combatants, yeah, non-combatants, right. Um, and I think you know, for for maybe some of our listeners and and for a lot of viewers, it's it's it might be an odd question to ask because Americans t- tend to be very patriotic people, which, which is a good thing, by the way. I mean, Aquinas says that patriotism is just a it's um it's it's a aspect of justice, mm. right? You you owe a debt of gratitude mm. and other debts to the various communities that you're a part of. Um, the problem with patriotism is that it can morph into defending the indefensible, you mm. know, um, and, and in the case of what we're talking about would be, um, you know, a particular act within an otherwise, you know, noble war. Yeah. And baptism just underscores that, you know, I mean, when we, when we wrestle with moral questions, frequently the answers we come up with, the, the right answers, the moral answers are going to strike secular ears as strange as odd mm. it's because we live in a fallen world i might add to this rick not only patriotism but i think there actually might be some more influential forces at play with the secular mindset and namely mm. utilitarianism and, that's right and and relativism yeah right so yeah. here's my end in this particular case the end of the war finishing the war yeah so whatever means are necessary are therefore eligible to be applied. Yeah. Yeah. And the Catholic Church has roundly rejected utilitarianism. In, in, in moral lingo, it's called consequentialism. Yes. Because the, the, the way you go about making a decision is trying to weigh the consequences, which isn't possible. I mean, yes. That's why the Church rejects it. You can't possibly yes. line up all the, the pro, the good consequences and bad consequences because— consequences spin out of control all the time. Yes. Like I'm still living with consequences from decisions I made, you know, decades ago, probably. Yes. So there's just no way to tell. So it's, it's in, a faulty Ameri- way of thinking about moral questions. The American 19th century philosopher, John Stuart Mills, whose, whose treatises on utilitarianism were the utility, um, the, the outcome of the particular action is really the determinant, the primary yeah, determinant matters, for yeah. the moral character, right? Mm-hmm. Is it right or is it wrong? Well, what's going to happen? Yeah, 
Yeah, and you could end up justifying any number of evil things and if you go have, that route. And, yeah. and have. have. I mean, you could justify right? abortion by going right. that route, right? Right. So, But, you know, all that's to say um, yeah. baptism calls us to a radically different way of viewing sure. the world. Sure. Viewing even our enemies sure. as not raw material to be manipulated and used, but as creatures made in the image of God and and redeemed by Christ and potentially— um, beholding the face of God one day. Yeah. So yes, our, our, our actions are frequently going to be misunderstood and even ridiculed and, and criticized and, and persecuted, will be persecuted for them as, as Christ shows us yeah. as, as we, you know, detailed at the very beginning of this session. Um, but that doesn't make them any less right and good and noble. Might be important here to emphasize our cooperation with grace. So a moment of baptism is definitive. As you said, it's irrepeatable. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's for us to show up daily, <laughs> mm. <laughs> to stay in the game, uh, to seek Christ every moment of every day, to seek forgiveness when we didn't imitate Jesus, mm-hmm. to praise him when we see the imitation in others. Mm-hmm. And as I'm thinking about that with regards to this, really the event of World War II, which is only, which is only possible because of the absolute failure of baptized Christians mm-hmm. and baptized Orthodox That's right. in Russia. Right. And you've got the baptized Christians who are Lutheran and Catholic in Germany. Mm-hmm. And though baptized... Um, unwilling, ignorant, cowardly, hmm. selfish. I, I, I don't know the, the the particular motivations. But an obvious failure. A, a, a yeah. epic, colossal yeah. failure. Right. Right. To not be, to not grow an authenticity of the mark that they received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well put. I mean, I, I can't improve upon that. So it's for us. Yeah. And gosh, some days it's um, some days I'm more excited about it than others. Some days I'm more enthused. Yeah. Some days I'm more committed. I know that the day that I am a Christian is today. <laughs> that, that's right? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Baptism is definitive, and the rest of my life I'm becoming a Christian. Yeah. Right. I am a Christian, but I'm becoming a Christian, and it begins by just expressing the desire for Jesus to help us. Mm-hmm. Blessed, um, blessed Columba Marmion. Um, sort of an obscure figure, you know, mid nineteenth century Benedictine. Sort of obscure. I don't even know this saint. Oh, you don't? Uh, no. Really? Oh, don't look at me like that. Oh, you just... pulled one out from you. You went deep into the pen to pull this no, one out. No, no. Well, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't have been. I don't think I would have been familiar with him, except he was all the rage um, among the uh, the Dominican student brothers in graduate school. Ah, uh, you know, Dominicans, you know, raving over a Benedictine. I'm sure that went over well <laughs> Very with, 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 with their superiors. But <laughs> so, tell me about the saint. Well, he's. I mean, he. he I mean, he wrote some spiritual classics. Um, ah. But he remarked. He was. He was uh, reflecting on. You know the the proper attitude of a Christian, sort of a sort of a spirituality of baptism. Okay. You know the proper attitude of a Christian when reflecting on, you know, their own their own baptism, um, and just the importance of not not losing because it's it's such a fundamental um, right that we we sometimes it's it's easy to lose lose sight of just what's going on. But 
Um, he notes that it's important to remember the newness and keep that at the center of our, our consciousness, the, the newness that, um, that arises from the ritual, the newness of life, which should give rise to joy and, and mm. gratitude. Mm. And, you know, like a freshness is how he, how he, um, characterizes it. Yeah. Um, and you know, to, to take that to prayer, you know, and to, and to see what happens. So is, is it the, you know, the sacrament doesn't get stale for you, you know, the, yes. the, the promises you make, the vows you make or that your parents made on your behalf, which, you know, transfer over to you, of course, as you get yes. older, but yes. Um, yeah. I mean, anecdotally, parents, godparents, family, and friends are so happy mm. at a baptism. Yeah. And particularly after the baptism, uh, the, the desire to celebrate, uh, the desire to continue to express love, um, the zeal for pictures to be taken. And when it's an infant baptism in particular, everyone mm. wants a shot at mm. holding the <laughs> child. I mean, there really is something euphoric mm. that I get to witness yeah. in in a ritual that is, in one sense, the exact same mm-hmm. in word, in action, and yet, in another sense, is entirely different every time it's administered and celebrated That's because right. it's never been received by that soul. <laughs> yeah, and even though it, it happened in the past in your own life, as you said, because you, you wake up and, and live the Christian life every day. Um, and as, as blessed Columba Marmion intimates, uh, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a newness to your baptismal vow every day as well. Mm. You know, a freshness in the, in the same way that there's a newness to your existence every day. Yes. You know, you're only here because God has willed you through his love to be here. And if you were to remove that for an instant, you would, you would, you would vanish, you would disappear. Yeah. Right. Um, the same sort of principles at work in your baptism as well. Friends, he's Rick. I'm Father Dave, uh, a dad and a priest trying to become better fathers through the the grace of baptism that we've received and asking the Lord to actualize that grace more and more completely. Uh, all the while, we um, we step forward and step backwards each and every day. Thanks for spending a moment with us. We're casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.